Hello and welcome to Interfilm Recommends, a regular podcast for film club leaders to explore exciting new titles with their clubs. My name is Joe and as usual I'm joined by Michael. Hello. And we're here for our final episode of the autumn 2017 term where we'll be discussing two more new DVD releases which you can add to your wish list. In today's secondary themed podcast we'll be discussing two fantastic films from 2017 both full of music and energy and they are Baby Driver and Your Name. So let's start with Baby Driver. Baby Driver is a 15 certificate. We have it at 14 plus on the catalogue and it sees a music obsessed young getaway driver of a criminal gang attempt to go clean after falling for a girl. Here's a clip to set the scene from near the beginning of the film in which the protagonist baby meets Deborah for the first time. What can I get you this fine morning, sir? Um. Oh, um, you know, that's a kid's menu, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I get it, it's early. So you're just starting your day or did you just get off? Oh, I don't know if I ever get off. They call, I go, you know. <laughs> so what is it you do? I'm a driver. Oh, like a like a chauffeur. You drive around important people. I guess I do. Anyone I'd know? I hope not. Well, aren't you mysterious? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so when was the last time you hit the road just for fun? Yesterday. I'm jealous. Sometimes all I want to do is head west on 20 in a car I can't afford with a plan I don't have. Just me, my music, and the road. I'd like that too. Okay, so uh, the director, Edgar Wright, is well known for Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and a couple of other films. Um, how would you say he uses his trademark filmmaking style here? How would you describe it, and how has he specifically developed it for Baby Driver? Edgar Wright is one of those directors who's a true cinephile. Everything he does, I think, is creatively infused with this insatiable love of popular culture. Um, his work is always absolutely jam-packed with references to other films, particularly those from the 1970s and 80s as he was growing up and the Hollywood golden era that was going on at that time. But it's never at the expense of an original or engaging or really, really fun narrative. Um, in the case of Baby Driver, there's a real frenetic energy to what we see here, and I think that manifests itself mostly in relation to the film's music. Uh, music's an important part of most films, of course, but it's rarely as integral to the storytelling as it is here, where the entire film is cut to the rhythm of rock music itself, and it's totally in sync with the narrative, so that the whole film kind of resembles an extended music video. Um, Edgar Wright's films are always very technically adept, but most of all, they just have this incredibly infectious enthusiasm to them. This is a guy who loves cinema and wants his audience to love it as much as he does. Uh, but that's not to say that it's in any way elitist or intimidating to watch. You know, you can approach this on any level you want to, I think. His background in comedy also ensures that there's a really great balance between laughs and thrills. And his films are like a manifestation of those experiences we've had where you watch an action film and you find yourself leaving the cinema and walking down the street afterwards with the music blasting in your head. And, you, you know, just for those few minutes, you're an acting hero yourself and you're kind of embracing that whole choreography. Baby Driver really has that experience to it. And for any young people who are interested in film history or rock music or filmmaking itself, particularly editing, I think it's perfect and the kind of movie they would watch again and again and always notice something they hadn't seen before. So as you've mentioned, the director's known as someone who's very cine-literate. Mm. Um, how does he 
play with the heist thriller genre here. Well, as I say, it's a movie that's stacked with references to all sorts of other films. But yes, narratively speaking, it's most closely resembling a heist thriller. I think the clearest way in which he twists those conventions is through the character of Baby himself. In many ways, he's not a conventional hero. There's a boyishness and a vulnerability to him that's fairly unusual in a film like this. We should say he's played by Ansel Eldort, um, who's best known for his role in The Fault in Our Stars, so a much more kind of sensitive string presence than you might see in most action heroes. But the character didn't want to move into the work that he finds himself doing and integrating himself into this criminal world. What it was, it was a consequence of falling into the wrong crowd after a childhood tragedy. And that combined with this chronic tinnitus that he has, um, which is the explanation for the music and really adds an extra dimension to that. So what's going on there is that we as an audience are hearing the music as it plays into Baby's ears. Baby has his headphones in for pretty much the entire film and he's listening to it in order to drown out the sounds of the tinnitus. I think the supporting characters also have a complexity which we don't always see in genre cinema like this, particularly Deborah, who we heard in the clip there. So what this does is it all gives the narrative real stakes. We're watching these exhilarating car chases and heists take place, but we're also really rooting for the characters, not for them to succeed in a heist necessarily, but to come out of the other side okay and find something better for themselves. So with that being said, what films would you recommend for fans of Baby Driver? Well, we've touched on some of his early work, Edgar Wright, so if you haven't seen the likes of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Furs, then those are the best places to start. This film also really reminded me of the work of Baz Luhrmann in its choreography with the music, so something like Romeo and Juliet. You've obviously got great car chase films like Bullet and more recently Collateral and Steven Spielberg's Duel. Um... It also has the choreography of lots of classic Hollywood musicals, so like the old films from Fred Astaire. And it's also worth looking up um, a series of films that Edgar Wright programmed at the BFI surrounding the release um, called Tartar Land, rather cleverly, which sort of gives you an idea of the rhythm of the film. And there you've got all of these films that were influences on Baby Driver, so stuff like The Italian Job and The Blues Brothers and all sorts of other films. So there's loads of ways you can go with this. Fantastic. So let's now move on to our second film of the episode, which is Your Name. Your Name is a 12 certificate. We got it as 11 plus on our catalogue. And it's a stunning anime which sees a body swap between two teenagers, city boy Taki and country girl Mitsua in modern day Japan. So to help set the scene, here's a clip where the two teenagers are describing when and how the body swap occurs. Oh no! Could this mean that we're really... That we're in our dreams, that guy and I... That we're in our dreams, that girl and I... We're We're switching switching places? places? So Michael, this film feels very modern in its representation of teenagers and their everyday lives. How would you describe the characters and the sorts of issues that they're working through? Uh, yeah, I think it's modern in, in some way. It's modern in its approach um, and the way it combines actually the old and the new. So the characters use smartphones, uh, yeah. but at the same time they also use written notes and diaries and notebooks yeah. uh, to tackle their body swap problem, as you just you had hinted at in the clip. Yeah. Um, there are elements of traditional Japanese culture in the film. Uh, mostly uh, these appear in Mitsu's town, which is the rural village. Um, mm. So you have 
um, representation of close-knit families, um, rituals being passed down from one generation to the next, um, things like folklore and spirituality and, and Japan's history with natural disasters. Mm. Uh, but there are modern elements as well. And this is, again, mainly represented through Taki and, and Tokyo, which is where he lives. So, you know, business districts and modern transport infrastructure and cat cafes even, um, and the wider themes of sci-fi and fantasy, uh, all combined with a pop-rock soundtrack. Uh, it looks incredible, the animation is really superb, and it's presented in very interesting ways. So, for instance, it has time-lapse sequences in it, um, it has this recurring motif of a closing door. Um, uh, it's also something very new um, outside of the film itself. So it's a non-Studio Ghibli film, which has made a massive cultural impact, which is actually very rare. So as we mentioned there, it's a uh, classic body swap film, which we've all seen before. But how does this film in particular represent and challenge gender norms? So Mitsuha isn't shown to be necessarily more emotional or less strong as the female character, and neither is Taki shown to be you know, overly masculine or, or moody or, or anything like that. What it does do is it remains playful when it needs to be. It's a very humorous film. It recognises that its protagonists are uh, teenagers and the curiosity, um, whether that's, you know, sexuality or, or romance mm. uh, that comes with that and the strangeness of people around them. So it allows for the characters to experience life as the other, um, as the other gender in this case, and the societal expectations that are placed upon them. So in, in many ways, it's quite a feminist film, um, and it allows the characters to then rebel against these stereotypes. So Mitsua adopts a sort of more aggressive personality in class. She confronts her estranged father, uh, and Taki is more thoughtful around, you know, girls around him. He, conf- he confronts his feelings more, um, and even one of his friends, one of his male friends, remarks on, you know, his sort of newfound attractiveness. Fantastic. So what other films would you recommend after your name? Are there any animes in particular that you would point people towards? Yeah, one film I really like is Studio Ghibli's Whisper of the Heart, which is one of their lesser known titles. And this one is should be watched uh, far more, actually. It's a really, really lovely story between, again, uh, a boy and a girl. Um, and but yeah, boy and a girl at the centre and it's to do with a love of reading uh, it's very gentle, it's a very easy watch um, it's got this cute John Denver country roads thing going on in the middle of it mm. and it's actually uh, the only Ghibli film as far as I'm aware to have a sequel of sorts as well with a cat returns right? that's right um, and one or two others is Giovanni's Island which is a bit darker um, it looks at Japan's history it's actually set during is it set in Hiroshima during World War II mm. although it is a very nice nicely told story of friendship and overcoming adversity at the time and there's also Kubo and the Two Strings which is a Leica production um, again reveling in Japanese culture and folklore it looks at things that, uh, such as storytelling and mythology uh, it's a really gorgeous animation, um, really good for young and old viewers alike. And uh, we actually have a podcast exploring that in further detail. Brilliant. Well, do check that out. For more information on your name, there is a film guide on the Interfilm website, which you can download. But that's everything for today. Thank you very much for listening. Do check out all of our previous podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes all of which are accompanied by show notes, which link to resources, including film guides, film lists, blogs and video content. 
And if you are interested in primary content, we also have a new podcast episode available featuring Rock Dog. We'll be back with a new episode in the new year, so tune in then.